This week has been kind of interesting for me. Had the, the flu took out about three days this week, and so something had to give, and your sermon notes had to give. That's why you don't have sermon notes today, so that I'll make it uh, hopefully as, as simple for you as possible, and we can follow along here today. We're in this second week of this series called The Margin. And today we're talking about making margin within our schedule and the things that we do, our calendar. So let me ask you as we get started this morning, uh, how many of you wish you had more time to get things accomplished in a day? How many of you wish you had more time to get things done? Quite a few. How many people wish you had more time for yourself at the end of the day? All right. How many of you would love to have more time to spend with friends and family? I think that was less than ourselves. I'm not sure what, <laughs> not sure what that's saying. But uh, anyway, how many of you would say that you wish you had more time to spend with God? I guilted you into that one, didn't I? So, all right. I think that's probably all of us. I, at least I would hope that's all of us that we, We wish we had more time to spend with God. And as I said last week, when I ask people about their relationship and how it's doing with God, I hear pretty much the same thing more often than not. Pastor, I'm just so busy. Pastor, I'm just so busy. Um, And I I try, I I try, but life just seems to happen. And I know that uh, the you know that the quality relationships that you need need quality time invested in them, right? So here's the reality. If God suddenly made the day 26 hours long, if he suddenly just gave us two extra hours in a day, do you think we would spend that extra time with God? Really? I don't, I don't think that we would. We would probably get an extra load of laundry done, right? We would probably do a, a get something done that's on that list that we've been meaning to get done for a long time. And, and this probably makes sense if you think about it because all of us have been born with a sinful nature. And those with a sinful nature tend to drift away from God. Sinners don't gravitate towards God. Sinners pull themselves away from God. So for us to even to respond to a call of God to spend time with him, if you think about it, is a miracle in itself. God's grace is what makes it possible for those with a sinful nature to ever respond to God's pull on their life. But human nature is strong. And uh, when I have extra time, rarely do I think, yay, I get to spend a little bit more time with Jesus today. Because if we're honest, we probably, our mind goes to the next thing that's on the to-do list, the next task that we have to get done. If we find that our schedule has cleared up a little bit, we think about what we can accomplish now. It's not just sinful human nature that pulls us away from God is our culture as well. We live in a culture where we have the greatest technological advances ever. Almost all of you have one of these. 
And, and this thing right here that I hold in my pocket, I'm not exaggerating. I, I can tell you the exact amount because I'm a nerd. But anyway, <laughs> I can tell you that this phone has over one million times the computing power than we needed to send men to the moon. And two-thirds of the world's population, over six billion of these are around the world. Two-thirds of our population own a smartphone. So does anyone in here think that this saves you time? Or does this add to your distractions? Everywhere we turn, we're bombarded by things in our society that keep us away from the most important things in our life. We have no margin in our busy schedule. So let's uh, review a little bit. What is margin? If you're here last week, I used that definition from a pastor that I listen to every once in a while named Andy Stanley. He's a pastor of this huge church in Atlanta. And he defines margin like this. He said, margin is the amount available beyond what is necessary. In other words, it's the difference between what you have and what you need. That's margin. So in order to have margin, you need to have more than you need. So if you had a dollar and something cost a dollar twenty-five then you don't have any margin, do you? You have a deficit. But if you need to pay maybe something is $100 and you have $300 left over, then you have a $200 margin, right? Margin is the difference between what you have and, and what you need. If you need eight hours of sleep to function the next day, but you stay up half the night watching TV, you end up with a deficit, right? And you end up having a rotten day. But if you need eight hours of sleep and you go to bed at a reasonable time, then you have more than you need. It's just, it's just simple margin. That's what that is. Margin in your schedule would be having enough time for the important things in life. How many of us have been ever presented, maybe somebody comes up to you and they say, hey, you know what, this great thing came up. I got tickets to the game this weekend. Do you want to go? And a lot of times our answer might be, oh, if I only had the time. If I only had the time to do that. See, a time margin would be engaging with your children or your grandchildren, instead of focusing on the list of things that we need to get done. A time margin would be having enough time to relax, to unwind, and, and to recharge. If you had time margin, you would be able to spend more time with yourself, or with family, or friends, or God. But margin is the thing that most of us live without. Margin is the thing that a lot of us give up, and our margin is increasing, it's, it's sinking, it's decreasing smaller and smaller and smaller. And, and actually, most of us are probably living in a deficit, not with a margin. 
So our verse today is from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. They will be on the screen for you. This is what the Apostle Paul (coughs) says. He says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Let's pause there for a second. Be careful, everyone. Be careful how you live because it's so easy for us to get off track. Be careful because your enemy is roaming around trying to distract you from the most important things in your life. Be careful how you live. Be careful because if you try to do this life on your own, you are going to fail because the pull away from God is too strong for us to fight by ourselves. See, the rest of this verse says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Be careful what you spend your time doing. Be careful what you agree to. Be careful whom you hang out with. Be careful when you let up your guard because it's so easy for us to fall back into old habits and hang-ups. Be careful because these days are evil. And Paul is saying you are only given so much time. Don't waste your time. I think think Paul is trying to get us to to question, what are we doing? What are we putting into our lives? It's how we are going to spend this afternoon. Think, maybe you already have plans today. Ask yourselves, is the plans that I have to spend this afternoon, is it wise or is it unwise? Uh, It brings a little bit different perspective to it, right? your pastor is going to take a nap this afternoon. And I think Jesus says, wise decision, Pastor Brian, wise decision. See, it's not because what you're going to be doing today is something wrong. It doesn't mean that it, it it just means maybe it's not the most wise thing you could be doing today. Just because you aren't spending the afternoon robbing a bank doesn't mean that the wisest thing for you to do today is to watch football. Sorry, guys. I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's bad, but is that the wisest choice today? I I can say that because I'm a Bears fan and I haven't had anything good to watch for over 12 weeks, so it's okay. (laughs) So be careful then. Be careful, are you making the most of every opportunity? Because you're going to face those temptations to waste your time. You're going to be tempted to be ineffective. You're going to be tempted to fill your your calendar up, your, your schedule up with a whole ton of good stuff, but ignore the most important stuff. Just because you're free, just because you have a hole in your, in your schedule doesn't mean we need to fill in that gap with something. 
If that ever happens, consider it a gift. It could be God saying, I have cleared your schedule for you. What are you doing filling it back up? Hmm. In order to live wisely, I really think we may have to say no to some really good things so that the most important things can find their self, their proper place on our calendar, our schedule. You've, you've heard me say this before, that if you show me your calendar, I will show you your priorities. Every single time, without fail. Remember our, our verse from last week was in Romans chapter 12. It says, do not conform to the patterns of this world. In other words, don't worry about what society tells you to do. I mean, who cares what culture is pushing you towards? Do not conform to those patterns. But instead, the Apostle Paul says, instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, I hear that and it sounds a little kind of new agey to me, right? You know, like, let's, let's all gather and let's renew our mind together. You know what this really means? It's really simple. It's super simple. We make this a whole lot harder. It starts with the decision to change our mind. That's a renewing of our mind. And instead of asking, well, what can we do this next Friday night? Maybe we should ask, should we do that next Friday night? See, transforming your mind starts with the decision to change our mind about how we think about the things that we add into our schedule <coughs> and people and the culture around you won't get it. They won't understand. What do you mean that you're going to your church on a Sunday night and praying? Football's on. What are you doing? See, there should be something different about you, Christians. There should be something different about us. For some of us, there's a lot different, but let's not go into that today, right? But Christians, we're, aren't we supposed to stick out from the pattern of this world? Don't you think the world should think that we're a little weird? I do. Christians, has anyone ever said, what is it about you? What is it about you? Why are you so different from the rest of the people I know? It's not that they're saying you are strange. It's that you aren't conforming to the pattern of everyone else that they know. I had a teacher when I was in fifth grade, Mr. Jennings. I let him know I was talking about him today. So, Mr. Jennings, if you're watching, love you, man. But uh, he once told me uh, that being normal is the most boring thing that he could ever imagine doing. Who wants to be normal? Amen. Who wants to be normal? Normal is boring. But normal is exactly what this culture is trying to pull you towards. A cult culturally, normal is what you become if you don't live carefully. It's the opposite of where Christ is intending you to go. Now, I'm sorry, but normal in the eyes, in the world's eyes, is not God's plan for you. It's not. 
Normal is filling up your schedule so tight that you have no margin. You have no space. Normal is being so busy that eventually we make ourselves sick. Remember, being busy doesn't mean you're blessed. Being busy doesn't mean that you're productive. I heard this this week. We are ineffective in life, not because we aren't committed, but because we are overcommitted. Ouch. And it's affecting us. It's affecting our lives. It's affecting our, our home lives. I, I read a study this week that interviewed 2,000 parents and their children. I want you to listen to this. 40% of, of parents say that they have already missed an important milestone in their child's life because they were too busy to be there. Mm. 82% of the parents said that their children complained to them that they don't get to spend enough time with their parents. 82%. And for those that did spend a significant amount of time with their kids, get this, 78% of those kids said their parents were not engaged with them when they hung out with their children. Hmm. Are we too busy? I think we are. Or how about this? The average American spends 28 hours a week watching television. 28 hours a week. And so at the end of your lifetime, you will have spent, you make it into at least your early 70s, you will have spent 10 years in front of a television. 10 years. And I haven't even started with this. The average time, the average screen time for an American on their cell phone is 7 hours a day. That's 10 hours a day that we are filling up our life with stuff that could be really good, but is it the important stuff? See, all these statistics are normal for our society, but are they wise? Oh, be careful then how you live. Make the most of every opportunity. So let's take this just a little bit further. We're not just talking about parenting and grandparenting. You, you watch. You know this. As soon as you get rushed and, and overwhelmed, as soon as that margin that you have in, in your life, that gap shrinks, the two most important things in life are often the two first things to go. And the first one is your time with God. As your margin decreases, so does your time spent with God. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, He said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all of these things, you know, where you're going to live, what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, all those kind of things, all these will be given to you as well if you seek him first. And I know 
it seems pretty easy for a guy that only works on Sundays, right? And I would argue all day long that you don't have time not to have time for God. You don't. If you want anything, if you want anything to be added unto you, seek God first. It's the principle of our, of our tithe and our offerings. When we put aside the first, that first amount, and we give that back to God, he takes care of the rest. Could it be the same with our, with our time, with our schedule, that if we would just give him that first time, that he could take care of everything else? Let me give you an example. My wife. Carol gets, goes to bed every, every night about 9 p.m. She, go, she goes to bed pretty early. And you know why she has to go to bed early? Because she gets up early. And why does she get up early? Because at 5 a.m. every day, my wife is spending time with Jesus. Every day. I think what Carol would tell you that she doesn't have time not to spend time with God. It, it aligns her entire day to what God has in store for her. And without that time early in the morning before anybody is up in our house, long before I get up in our house, you'll find Carol in the recliner. Yes, recliner, because God doesn't say you have to be uncomfortable to spend time with him. You'll find Carol spending time with Jesus every single day. Hmm. You know, for the rest of this month, this isn't a sales pitch for what we're doing on Sunday night, but for the rest of this month, we are opening the church on Sunday evening, six to eight for these two hours so that you can come and spend some time in prayer so that you can come and pray for your church so that you can come and pray for your family so that you can come and pray for yourself. And I'm not expecting you to come here from six to eight and spend all two hours here. You can. I figure most people would think that spending two hours in prayer is an absolute impossible thing to do. How in the world? Will I spend two hours praying? Seriously? You know what? I'll be tickled pink if you come and spend 15 minutes. Just create some margin. Some of you just thought, holy cow, 15 minutes. How am I going to pray for 15 minutes? But think about it like this. An athlete doesn't decide one day that they're going to get up and run a marathon and then just go out and do it the next day, do they? If they did, they certainly wouldn't have a good time. They probably wouldn't finish. They probably would be awful sick at the end if they did. It takes time to learn that kind of skill. It takes time to be able to run that far. And so if thinking about coming to church and praying for two hours or even 15 minutes seems very far-fetched to you, then Maybe we just need some training. Maybe we just need some practice. 
And to get that practice, you are going to have to schedule in some margin so that you and God can spend time together. Maybe one of those 28 hours a week that we spend watching TV is going to have to go. Maybe some of the seven hours a day that we spend on a cell phone on average are going to have to go. And so tonight we'll have a, a prayer guide for you to help you along. If, but if you want to bring your Bible, then bring your Bible. If you just want to read through God's word, then come and read through God's word. Be in his sanctuary. Be in his house and spend some time with him. Make margin for God this week. I'm going to ask you about it next week. I'm going to come to next week and I'm going to say, how many people spent more time with God this week than they did last week? And I hope that we can say, yeah, Pastor Brian, I scheduled in some margin for God. But the second thing that usually goes when our margin decreases is our time to rest. Last week we used this verse. Jesus said in Matthew 11, 28 and 29, <coughs> Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. Come to me, Jesus said, all of you who are overwhelmed. Come to me, all of you who are hurting. All of those single parents that don't think that you can make it another day. All of two, all, come to me, all the moms who are frazzled with life right now. Come to me, all of the dads on edge. Come to me, all of those that are financially worried. All the people trying to buy a dozen eggs. Come to Jesus. He'll give us rest. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest, he says. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find, you will find, Rest for your souls. The very thing that most of us don't have, he will provide. Your rest for your soul is the first thing that goes when we run out of margin. And we tell ourselves there's, there's too much to do. There is too much to do. I can't possibly take a, a day off to rest. See, the Bible tells us that God created the universe in six days and then took a rest. God needed a rest. One of the Ten Commandments is to honor the Sabbath. In other words, take a day to rest. In the Old Testament times, the Israelites were told to, to harvest their land for six years and then give it a rest on the seventh Think about this. People get mad because Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. Just think what would happen if the owners of Chick-fil-A said, we're closing all of our restaurants for a year. There would be anarchy, right? 
especially in the church, because we need our Jesus chicken, right? Christians would freak out, and we are the people that should understand a Sabbath rest more than anyone. But we don't. Too, too often we have no margin. And if we don't have margin, you have no rest. Listen, when you, when you say... When you say these words that I am too busy to take a whole day off, and I'm not saying taking a day off from your job who gives you a paycheck. I'm talking about taking a day off of work to rest. When we say there isn't enough time to take a day off, Pastor, there is too much to do. Do you realize what we're telling God? We're saying, Lord, I don't think... I don't think that the principles that you have set up for us are true. I don't think that you really know what's best for my life because there's too much that has to get done. I, I, I don't really believe that rest is going to benefit me that much because this other stuff is more important. When we don't take a day off to rest, we are placing ourselves and our calendar and our schedule above God. So taking time off is a trust issue on our part. A Sabbath is a day that has been gifted to you. It's been gifted to you for your creator to say, I've got this. Give it a rest. And I will give you rest. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us that we have run our lives so full that many of us have lost time for you. Lord, forgive us for living with so little time margin that we feel like we can't possibly take a day off. Come to me, he says. All who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, for wanting that rest and then not giving you a spot in our calendar so that you can provide it. I wonder, and I don't want you to raise your hands for this question. It's not for you, it's just, or it's not for anybody else, it's just for you and God anyway. I wonder how many committed Christians that we have here today would say that they've lost their time for God. And I bet the answer is a lot higher than we think. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Because these days are evil. And before we, we close, I don't want to gloss over those words. For, for those of us, myself included, that have been so busy that we have lost our time with God. Let me ask you. How clever. 
do you think our spiritual enemy is to have convinced us that our time with God is not the most important part of our day? How clever do you think our spiritual enemy is to have convinced us that we can be on 24-7 and still remain healthy? Our enemy is here seeking to destroy us. And if all he has to do is keep you busy, job accomplished. And he wins. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, when we come and we think about what in the world would we take off our calendar or what would in the world how would we arrange our our schedule to spend some more time with you i i man what in the world would it be so lord we need your help here we need to do what is wise not just what is good we need to do what's wise and so, Lord, would you, would you speak to each and every person here today? Would you speak to those that are watching from home or online, maybe months or years from now watching this sermon, Lord? Would you speak to them exactly where they are at, to everyone here today? And help us to realize, help us to find the, the spot in our schedule to put you first. Seek you first and everything else will be added. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for running our lives so full, for having lives with so little margin that you and your gift to us your rest is pushed out. Lord, I, I, I pray that as we come back together next week, that we will have a, an incredible answer to that question. How was your week? Was it better than the previous week? Did you spend more time with God? Lord, I pray that all of us can easily say yes. And I feel so much more rested for it. Lord, thank you that you can take care of everything so that we can rest. What a gift. What a gift you give us, Lord, that you can give us rest. Jesus, we thank you for being here with us today. We thank you, Lord, for your challenge in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for pulling us as sinful creatures. Thank you for pulling us towards you. Now, Lord, help us to find time for you and find time for rest. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for what you're going to do in the lives of all of my friends here today. And it's in your wonderful and incredible name that we pray and all of us say together, 
Amen. Amen. If you're new here, if this is one of your first times here, in fact, maybe if you've been here, maybe new in the past couple years, uh, meet Pastor Callie in room 101 that's just right outside this door. Take an immediate right. That first uh, classroom is where she is going to be. And just to share with you all about PFN and how great and wonderful this church is, we want to get to know you. Uh, have an incredible day. Love you.